Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Welcome! Thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled, Love, or L-O-V-E. There are dots in there when he wrote it in the bulletin. Uh, This was preached on February 21st of 2021. And of course, we do invite you to visit us here in Kansas City, just, just outside of Clay Como, here at 310 Randolph Road. We have services at 9.30 every Sunday is our Sunday school, and then regular services are at 11 o'clock also on Sundays. We'd love to have you, so come on by and make sure you say hello. So here is Pastor Philip Coons with the sermon, Love. So let's now turn to the book of 1 John. Chapter 4, and it's not a short one, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a short one today, and there's a reason for it, and it's 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. And you say, wow, is that the whole sermon pretty much? Uh, As you will see. But don't worry, we're just going to read that quickly, and you can sit back down. So if you want to take a stand to honor the reading, you can. If not, I understand that. But it's 1 John Chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. And I do want to apologize in the sense that I am still fighting a cold a smidge. And if I have to sniffle a bit, I will. And if I have to cough, I'm going to try to turn this away from you. But I may have to a few times. And it goes this way in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God God lives in him, and he in God. 
And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? We have this commandment from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now that's an awful lot to digest, but don't worry. I can hear what you're saying. Oh, pastor, what you need to do is go back through that throughout this sermon and go through sections, and, and I'll do exactly what you're asking me to do. So it's okay. It's all right. I'll do that. Okay, here we go. Love. Love. There's lots of love. We talk about it every year. There's lots of love. And, and I'm sure you already know that I was going to preach this on uh, February 14th. That was originally. And I'm okay because love doesn't have to have a date. Love is something that goes all the time. There is, of course, filial love. Filial love is the kind of love of family and friends. We know that. There is storage love, which is the kind of love a parent has for a child, their child. And there's eros love. Eros love. The kind of love you're thinking, oh, Cupid, that's right, Eros love. That is the romantic love. That's the kind of love that people are always thinking of. We, we talk about this, and, and it's a great love. It truly is. But that is not the kind of love we're going to talk about today. The title of today's sermon is L-O-V-E, love, L-O-V-E. Oh, and I know what you're probably thinking when you see L-O-V-E spelled out like that. You're probably thinking of L is for the way you look. I know that's what you're thinking of, the great Nat King Cole. The fact of the matter is, that's what I always think of, but that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about L-O-V-E spelled out in such a way, I'm thinking of an acronym. What is an acronym? An acronym, of course, is when you take the letters of a word and it spells out a sentence. Now, I'll be truthful with you. I looked out all sorts of acronyms for the words that I wanted to talk to you about today, the different words. And I'll be honest, and this is not to put anyone down. I'm sure there's people who says, oh, I'm going to make an acronym for the word love and other things. And... And they probably thought it was beautiful and wonderful and outstanding, and I'm sure in their own little mind, and uh, it sounded really mean, in their own mind, it was, probably was nice. But it wasn't for what I was trying to spell it out for today. And so I had to make acronyms myself, and I actually put them online. Not just, I'm not talking Facebook and all that, I'll do that too. But in reality, I actually went on to Wikipedia and put these on there because I wanted other people to be able to look them up too. Because I wanted it to say something, not just put words, because you can put words with anything. I wanted to spell somewhat of a sentence of what true love is. Because true love, L-O-V-E, should be this, loyal, overflowing, virtuous, earnesty. Not honesty, even though honesty needs to be in love, but earnesty. Now you say, why did you use the word earnesty? Didn't you just mean earnest? Well, no, it's somewhat of a sentence. Earnesty. The word earnestness doesn't flow off the tongue. And earnesty is the same word but just a, a different part at the end. Earnesty and earnestness is the same word, except earnestness doesn't flow off the tongue. So it is 
loyal, overflowing, virtuous earnesty. And to be loyal, of course, is to be faithful, to be completely faithful. When you love someone, you're faithful. To be loyal, faithful to them. Overflowing is never ending. Continuous, never ending. Uh, to be virtuous, what does that mean, to be virtuous? It means high moral standards is virtuous. That's what it means. And when you uh, are, have earnesty or earnestness, to be earnest means to be sincere, deep, a firm, deep foundation. That's what it means to be earnest. So when you love someone, you are truly loyal and faithful, and it's overflowing faithfulness and loyalty to them. You're virtuous. You have high moral sincerity towards them. That's what love is, no matter what your relationship is to them. You would do anything for them. That's what love truly is. When people say, I love them, I love them, but I'm going to lie to them. I love them, but I'm not going to be faithful to them. Well, then that's not love. You love you more than you love them. You liar, you. I've seen people do that. I do love you, but I'm going to cheat on you. Well, then you're a liar. You don't love me. You love you. When people say, I do love them, but I'm still going to lie to them and cheat on them and hit them and hurt them. You're a liar. You don't love them. You love you. you. If you love someone, you're going to be true to them. If you love God, you're going to show your love to God, your loyalty to God. You're going to be overflowing with your loyalty and your virtuousness and your earnesty to him. So we need to show that. Okay, so we mentioned filial love and storage love and eros love, but the, the real love that we need to talk about is agape love. Because I got news for you. The love that is spoken about in 1 Corinthians, the love that is spoken about, I'm going to grab my water, I apologize. I forgot to grab it. The love that is spoken about in this book here, too, is actually not Eros love. Oh, it's all involved. It's all occlusive, you could say. But in reality, in reality, the love that they're speaking about here is agape love. This is what they're talking about, agape love. You know, I, I speak about uh, 1 Corinthians and, and all that in, in my weddings that I do for people. And it's all true. Every bit of it's true. You know, that stuff does count. But if you don't have the agape love, then quite frankly, those weddings, those uh, uh, weddings that you have, those uh, marriages, they're not going to be as good as they could be. They won't be as strong as they could be because true love goes back to agape love. Agape love is so important. I'm not, and I want to tell you just how important agape love is. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Now, we just read all this, but I'm going to read to you that very first part again. 7 through 11 says this. This is about agape love. Okay, agape love. 1 John 7 through 11 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Because remember, this is talking about agape love, not other kinds of love. Because people will generically speak of love, and they talk about this. I've heard them use this so many times, talking about love, love, love. We're not talking about the love of just anything, but agape love. Think about it now. When you read this, and you're thinking of agape love, God's love, think about that when you read this. Beloved, let us love one another, for, the, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In his way, the love of God was revealed to us 
that God sent his son, only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must, nah, not might, we must also love one another. That's agape love. It's the most important thing you can ever do is have agape love for everyone around. Now, what's agape love? Oh, godly love. Godly love. We know that. But here is the acronym for you. Here's the acronym for you. Agape love. A, apply. Apply God's apparent, powerful, everlasting love. And don't worry, if you're trying to write this down, we're going to go through that again throughout this day. Apply God's apparent, powerful, everlasting love, because it never goes away. This is why acronyms, and I looked up these things, they don't have it this way. They always have a God that's been all sorts of things that had nothing to do with God. And I thought, you guys are getting it wrong. I looked up all sorts of acronyms, and they had agape spelling out everything from gumballs to I don't know what, but it had nothing to do with God. And I was like, you're, I was so bad, I want to get on there and say, wrong, wrong, wrong. I didn't mind the one that talked about a church. They didn't bother me. Every other one had nothing to do with the Lord. And I want to say, you guys are 100% wrong, and you'd be amazed how many people think agape love has to do with just liking people around you. Incorrect. This is God's love, and I got news for you. Only a Christian can feel God's love. It says so right here, and we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so the first part of agape love is to apply it. You have to apply it. You know, I keep super glue next to my, my chair at home because I can use it on lots of different things. But when I need super glue, which I ended up having to use this week a few times, but if I need that super glue and I don't use it, what's the point? You can have God's love, but if you don't use it to fix things in your life, What's the point of having it if you don't use it? You say, well, I need to fix things in my life. Use the agape love. You must apply it to your life. 1 John 4, 12 and 13, this is where the applying comes in. It says, no one has seen God at any time. So for those who think that Moses saw God, no. He was in his presence, but he didn't see his face. People didn't see him. They saw his presence, but they didn't see his face. Well, and you think about that. Moses didn't see his face, but he was still shining like the sun. He come down there. Boy, he was getting sunburnt. No, he wasn't sunburnt. He was burnt by the very glow of the Lord God, but he didn't see him because it says right there, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Oh, I'm not perfect. Don't say you're perfect. We're saying the Lord God who's in us is and so, therefore, the perfect one who is in us should be seen in us. Haven't you ever known a Christian who you can't help but somewhat be somewhat envious of? Not because, not because you want to be all envious, but because you can see something in them. You know, boy, I wish I was more like that. And you know why? Because they have a closeness to God. And you know that you need to improve in that. You know it's true. Come on, you know, you, you, you felt them, you've been around them, those people who are obedient, 
How dare they be so obedient and me be disobedient? They're making me want to improve, or maybe they're making you jealous because you know you're wrong in that area in your life. You know those people. You felt them before, at least I have. And we need to improve. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. This is another one of those scriptures in First John here. We know this one another one of those scriptures that speaks about the Trinity. Talks about God, talks about the Son, talks about His Spirit. It's just another one of them. Talks about the Trinity. We need to apply it. Not enough just to have it. We need to apply it if we want to live right. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He also says in John 15, 9, remember he's speaking to the disciples here, he says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Remain in my love. We must apply the love of the Lord God. We must. We must do this. And then the second part of this uh, acronym is God's. Apply God's love. God, apply God's love. So it was said in 1 John 4, 14 through 16, and we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God lives in him, and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. God lives in you. God lives in you. Now, sometimes we don't see God in ourselves, and there's a problem there. No, we're human. And you might say, well, I'm not God, and didn't say he was. The Bible doesn't say you're God. If you were God, you wouldn't need the Lord Jesus Christ. But you do have Jesus living in you. And if others can't see the love of the Lord God, the love of the Lord Jesus in your life, and if you don't see the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, then you've got a real problem. And it's trying to show you that. Why do you think the Holy Spirit's there to show you, Philip, you need to get this right in your life. Philip, or whoever you might be, you need to get this right in your life. If you find yourself more hateful of people than you ought to be, get that right in your life. If you find yourself watching the news and saying, boy, I wish somebody would take that person out, you better get that right in your life. If you find yourself being mad at people in the store all the time and all you can do is think of bickering thoughts and anger continuously, you better get that right in your life because you want people to see the Lord God in you, not the bickering. Not the upset moments in your life, because anybody can do that. Hey, man, I have thoughts all the time that I shouldn't have, and the Lord God sets me straight. It's going on here, and if you're not careful, it's going to come out here. And it's going to set deep, 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 deep in the heart, and that will change who you are. The world doesn't need to see that. And you know what? More importantly, you don't need to be that. And so, therefore, we need to get in the Word, stay in the Word, and get away from the muck of the world and get into the truth and love of the Word and He who lives it and is the living Word. That's what we need to do. Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates His own love toward us that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Boy, if anyone didn't deserve it, it was us. And what needs to be, number three, it needs to be apparent. It needs to be apparent. It needs to be clear. It needs to be unconditional, for certain, absolute. Right? It needs to be absolute. Oh, uh, but pastor, you just don't understand. Those people are jerks. 
Isn't it nice to know you have so much in common? <laughs> Isn't it so nice to know that we have so much in common with the people of the world? Because let's be honest, everybody has the days that we're jerks. I can be a jerk. We said it before. I could be a jerk. You could be a jerk. We can all be jerks. The great difference is it's so easy to admit that they're jerks. We look in the mirror and say, oh, but not me. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to see their faults, but it's not so easy to see our faults. So we look at it. Yeah, but I got reasons. I got excuses. I, I got a, a teacher's approval. You know, I got the little pass to go out in the hallway and be a jerk. No, you don't. In fact, you've got less excuse than they do. If they're of the world and you're of the Lord and the word, you have no excuse at all. So I have to put up with it. I'm not going to do that. Well, let me tell you, brother and sister in Christ, let me tell you something. Yeah, you can stand up to them and you can kick them in the teeth. But here's the deal. You do that. And then you have just hurt the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, you get to feel all big and wonderful. But then the love of Jesus is not apparent in you. It's not obvious. It's not clear. And you have just hurt your witness and you've hurt the witness of Christ. Oh, aren't you proud? Isn't that wonderful? But what you're saying, Pastor, we're supposed to let people walk all over us because that's what you do. No, 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 no. You can do what they say in the Bible. Be loving, be kind, and walk away if they're not going to let you teach to them and preach to them and love them. You can love them and still walk away. Just don't put up with their nonsense. Walk away and be loving as you walk away. You know, people make excuses for being worldly. I'm talking about Christians now. They make excuses for being like the world. And you know it's an excuse. You know it's an excuse not to be agape-loving. People do it all the time. I know because I've done it myself in the past. I've been rude. I've been crude. I've been brash. I've done all these things, and it's not right. God doesn't say, well, only be loving unless you don't like them. No. In fact, he says the exact opposite. You're supposed to be loving when? All of the time. All of the time. Not once in a while, not unless you get the hall pass. No, it's always. That's when. Always. Oh, boy. Isn't it funny how we can make excuses for ourselves? Well, they upset me. Okay. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It's interesting how we can find reasons for it. Well, I just don't feel good. Well, isn't it interesting how we can use excuses and times for being a good Christian? I don't remember in the Bible where it says, be a good Christian unless you have a headache. Well, if that was the case, we could always do it. But we're supposed to use agape love all of the time. So we need to be apparent and clear. 1 John 4, 17, in this way, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Who say it again. I will, as I speak to myself, because as he is, so are we in this world. They need to see him in us. They need to see him in us because if they can't see him in us, where are they going to see him? The local grocery store? I don't think so. They need to see Jesus Christ in his servants. They need to see Jesus Christ in the Christians, in the Christians. They need to see him in you and in me. They're not going to see him on TV. 
even if some of the fellow Christian things aren't very Christianly, so they need to see them in you, and they need to see them today. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says, Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, he is not boastful, he is not conceited, it does not act improperly, it is not selfish, it is not provoked, it does not keep a record of wrongs. Oh, Pastor, I didn't want to hear this. I know you didn't. <laughs> I don't always like to hear it either. But we have to. But it goes on from there. It says, Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I've used this in so many weddings and marriages that I've spoken about before they've started. And I won't go any further except to say in verse 8, it does start off like this. It says, love never fails. And this is not speaking about the Eros loves. It's speaking about agape love. God's love never fails. And there, we know our love fails because the fact is, is in marriage, sometimes you don't like who you're married to. You don't believe me? You know it's true. Sometimes you start off in, on those days and they're mean and they're cruel and you're cruel and you're mean or whatever it might be. Sometimes you just don't like them, but you always love them, or at least you should. And the fact of the matter is, is it's agape love that gets us through those things. Sometimes we may not like them, and, and, and filial love is friendship and family. And we know Eros love is not always romantic. Not every single moment of the day is a Disney movie, Princess and Prince. No, 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 no. But agape love is what fixes and is the bridge between those moments. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, that all that you do be done with love. All that you do. We're to do everything with humility and meekness, as it says in chapter 4, 2 and 3 of Ephesians. We done with humility and meekness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Brothers and sisters of Christ, we especially need to do this with one another because we need to be a good witness. If people see Christians treating each other poorly, why would people want to come to the family? Why would they want to come to the family of Christ? And oh, did you see what they, you hear it all the time? All those Christians, I've seen that church down the street. Well, I can't answer for them, but I can answer for what I do. I can answer for how I relate. I can do that. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, what was Jesus speaking about there? Was he saying we really have to die for our friends? No, he was speaking about himself. He was speaking to the disciples, and he knew what he was about to do. He knew what he was about to do. And we'll get to that in just a second. And in 1 Peter 4, 8, above all things, he says, uh, Peter says, he says, above all things, have unfailing love for one another, because love covers what? A multitude of sins. And we live in a world where people are full of sins, including ourselves, and we mess up all the time, but love covers all that. When you love someone, you can look past that. We are in families, and families, I'm going to tell you something, I grew in a family full of brothers and sisters. I had two sisters and two brothers, and I love them more than I could love anyone else ever. I really do. And growing up, I wanted to pound them all in the mouth. And if anybody else wanted to pound him in the mouth, they'd have to go through this one. And even now, if anyone ever wants to hurt my brothers and sisters or say anything, they better watch it. Because I love my brothers and I love my sisters. 
and they're all wonderful, and they're all failing, and they're all wonderful too. You know why? Because they're tremendous. They're my brothers and they're my sisters, and I would do anything for them. Anything. In fact, I love them more than I could even tell you right now. I really do. And I feel the same way about my brothers and sisters of Christ. Are they perfect? No. No, not at all. But here's the deal. We live in a world right now where a lot of people say, if you love someone, you love them so much that they don't have faults. Oh, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. That's Oscar Mayer baloney. The fact of the matter is, everybody's got faults. Even Oscar Mayer baloney has faults. You don't believe me? Look at the package. It's, it's got faults and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, you love each other despite the faults. That's what love is. Come on now. Come on. Agape love is powerful. It's powerful. It's so powerful it can look past all those things. That's the power. The power of it. First John 4, 18 through 21. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? We have this commandment from him. Whoever loves God must, must also love his brother. You know, people always go through that word so fast they don't even see it. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. No, 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 no. No, 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 go back. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Don't go through that like you're hitting fast forward on an old VCR. Uh-uh. No, must also love his brother. It's a, it's a commandment, you could say. A commandment. And how do we know that? Well, it's quite easy. In John 15, 12, Jesus says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This goes back to John 15, 13, which we said a while ago. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And he goes on to say in verse 13, greater love is no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. Jesus was speaking as he's about to do this. He was about to die for us. He was saying to his disciples, love each other. Folks, these guys are a bunch of sweaty men who were fishermen who were living together for such a long time, you knew that they were wanting to smack each other across the mouth. You knew that. They were brothers in, brothers in Christ, but you knew they got on each other's nerves. Can't you imagine the Sons of Thunder and Peter, those three who were always together, and all three of them were hot-tempered? You know that they were wanting to wrestle many each other once in a while. You know that. You know that they were wanting to get go at it like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, but they didn't. Because Christ kept correcting them. And you know that's what Christ wants to do to us right now. He wants to say, agape. This is not a moment to go at it. It's a moment to stop and show the world what to do. Come on now. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now abide faith, hope, and love. And listen to this part. It's so vitally important. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 12, this is not talking about anything except for 
This is talking about how love is the most important of all these things because chapter 12 talks about the gifts of God. It talks about speaking in tongues. It talks about uh, being able to uh, uh, touch people and, and heal and all this. And it says that none of these things are worth anything if you don't have the love of the Lord God. It's talking about how all these gifts of God are nothing if you don't have the love of the Lord God. That's what it's saying. And, it, and I could read you so much more, except that I will say this, that Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hate your servants of strife, but love does what? Covers all sins. Because it's talking about the power of love. And there's great power in love. Huey Lewis had it right. It's the power of love. And there is a lot of power in love. There's great power in love. Great power in love. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Self-control. And I'll move on from there and talk about everlasting love. We've now talked about we need to apply the love of God's love, apparent love, powerful love, everlasting love. We already know. First of all, I covered everything we started in the beginning. I've covered all of 1 John 4, 7 through 21. But now we're going to move on to the next chapter. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. And it says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And we already know, we already know that this love is everlasting, for it tells us this in John three sixteen through 18. It says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's everlasting. For God did not send His Son to, over, to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And the world needs to know and needs to see and understand true love right now. More than any other time, at all. They need to see true love. And true love is agape love. Agape love is true love. Oh, they can watch sappy movies, and I've done plenty of that. You can watch sappy movies. You can watch all sorts of things about Harry meeting Sally and all sorts of other things. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to do anything for you except maybe waste a couple hours of your life. But if you can't see real love through agape love, then you're not going to find love at all. Not real love. Not one that's going to last forever. We need to know, we need to know that love is through the Lord Jesus Christ. True, loyal, overflowing, virtuous, earnesty is to be found in agape. Where we need to apply God's apparent, powerful, everlasting love, loyalty, overflowing, virtuous, earnesty. And we can see that. It can be apparent. You can see that in Colossians 3.14 when it says, and above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. And it is. And one last verse I'm going to read to you is 1 John 3.18. It says, My little children, let us love in word 
and speech. Excuse me, let me say it again. My little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. We could easily go around speaking about loving. These words are not that hard to say. We could go around from church to church, brother and sister, you know, fellow Christian to Christian. We could go around to even people of the world. We could speak to them about love and how important love, agape love is. But if we don't do it through action, then we are liars. We have to show them. This is very easy to say. It's not always that easy to do. It's been hard for me sometimes. There's been times I've not been feeling well. I hate to say it, it's more often than not. And isn't it interesting when you're not feeling well that your patience is very slim? It's very hard to show love. But very much temptation comes upon me to go to the flesh. Very, very much so there's temptation to say what I want to say in the flesh and not what needs to be said in the spirit. And that's the moment that you need to be quiet the most. And you need to allow the love of the Lord God to come through. So I dare say this to you, I submit to you, that right now, if you're going through hard times and difficulties, and you are being tempted to reach out and to speak and say all sorts of things you want to say to people that you don't want to get along with, maybe this is a test, a temptation from Satan and a test from God to allow God's agape love to be seen in you. Perhaps right now you say, yeah, but I don't need to because God loves me anyway. Yeah, that's not what it's about. God does love you, and you already know that. Maybe you're already saved, but perhaps those other people don't know the Lord, and they need to come to know the Lord. Perhaps they need to see God's love through you. Perhaps they feel unloved. How do you know that they're not tempted to leave this world and they don't know Jesus Christ? Perhaps, perhaps you don't know that they're tempted to take their own life, and they don't think that they're even loved at all. And you might very well be the one that God wants to use to reach them, but Satan is tempting them Tempting you, and God is testing you in your spiritual growth. So for this one moment, and really for all of our spiritual life, but for this one moment, let us not look to ourselves. Let's look to Christ. Let's look to the Lord God. Let's allow his agape love to be seen and felt. And I'm here to tell you, when we start to do that, oh, how much greater our life will be. Amen? Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us despite the fact that we far from deserve it. I pray right now, Lord God, I pray that you will be with each and every one of us. I pray right now, Lord God, that you will help us to stay away from the temptation, the temptations that are calling to us, and Lord, it's daily. You know that. I pray, Lord, for all the temptations that are in front of us, and Lord, I pray that you will give us the wisdom to walk away from it and to throw it out of our lives. The temptations to be angry, the temptations, Lord, to be uh, putting our love towards other things. But Lord, I, I pray right now that you'll help us to be kind. Lord God, I pray that you'll help us to allow your words to come through us, Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the people will see you in us. Lord, I also know that Satan many times tries to use other people to bring out frustrations. And Lord, I do pray right now that you will help us to be patient and not to fall for these traps. I pray right now, Lord God, that you help us to 
have nothing but your love and compassion at those moments. I pray this, Lord God, that if there be anyone in our lives who do not know you, I pray, Lord God, they will call out to you this day and they will be able to feel your love calling them home, calling you, calling them to come and be their children. I pray that they will be your children, Lord, this very day, and they will be our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, if there be anyone who is going to go home today, Lord God, I pray that they will take that moment, that last moment in their life to become saved so that they will go into heaven and not into eternal damnation. I pray all of this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.